Hello, Derek Porter here from GovTech Q&A. For this episode, I am joined by Keaton Seavey, Manager of Innovations and Technology for the City of Beaumont, Alberta, Canada. During the interview, Keaton was able to touch on a variety of topics, topics such as remote tools enabling IT support, how technology can empower government employees, the increasing adoption of government SaaS solutions, the City of Beaumont's evolution into an innovation hub, and many more topics. Now, just an important disclaimer before we start the interview. All of the ideas expressed in this interview are the personal statements and opinions of Keaton CB and do not reflect the opinions or statements of the City of Beaumont. And last but not least, I really do want to thank Keaton for agreeing to be interviewed. It was a fun and interesting conversation for me. Uh, I just really appreciate the fact that he was willing to take the time uh, out of his day to meet with me to share his valuable insights and uh, experiences. So thank you, Keaton, for meeting with me. It was much appreciated. And with that, I hope you enjoyed the interview. Thank you. GovTech Q&A. Discussing the impacts of technology innovation in local and state government with forward-thinking civic leaders. Yeah, it's also a, a classic everyday occurrence for me in Beaumont is, you know, pushing people to go solve it on their own, right? You know, or running a IT help desk, it's a common thing, right? Where people put in tickets and yes, we can solve this for you in, in two business days, but check out this video. Maybe, right. you, can solve, maybe you can solve it yourself and learn something. Um, we, so. When you talk about that, Keaton, when you talk about, you know, um, uh, issues, requests, tickets coming in. Is that more from like the other agencies, like the business, the government, government side? It's not the citizen side. Correct. So, yeah. 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 Right. Correct. Yeah. Our, what we would call our administration. So they're the people that are taking a salary from the city of Beaumont, and they're not elected officials. So yeah, right. they're full time and, and casual and part time staff. Where we have about a hundred. 35 give or take full-time staff in Beaumont that support the city and okay. yeah we, we run a help desk through an external um, party that okay. uh, helps them get through you know the odd you know they lock themselves out of windows pa password stuff the, the the classic examples all the way up to um, the fringe examples where it's like, you know I want this piece of software right uh, I want this I want that why isn't this working my monitor won't turn on all that stuff um, but yeah, okay. so that's internal staff, what we would call administration. Yeah. Right, right. Okay. I do want to ask you some questions specific to, to Beaumont and, you know, the the city kind of emerging as a innovation hub. But but before I ask that, I just want to, I want to piggyback on something you said and just get your thoughts on something, um, because I think it's relevant to what you just mentioned. Would, I remember when I first started out kind of in this GovTech sector, this space, and we were looking at emerging and innovative technologies, right, coming into market. And one of the things um, we thought of, or one of the things I noticed that was always discussed when we met with government customers was these technology solutions that can be utilized um, to maybe make things more efficient, to help solve problems. I mean, whatever, a plethora of things they did. But the, the main message was this helps save time for your staff so they can focus on the more important things. It doesn't take away jobs, 
meaning it doesn't mean you have to now lay off your government staff. It actually means they're maybe more empowered to do their job easier, or they're they're able to focus on more important things. Does that when I say that, does that resonate? Like, does that make sense when you hear that? And and is that your way of thinking when you look at technology, for instance? Uh, yeah. Just curious, like if you have any thoughts on any of that. Oh yeah, Derek, that that resonates big time, and it's it's a monthly, daily, weekly conversations and it's it's a sensitive issue frankly right because okay for, first and foremost you know people are are gonna you know want to be employed right they they need to pay their bills feed their family right so you have to appreciate that when you're bringing in any software um, but i do truly believe in that same ethos that you you uh, mentioned which is we're bringing in software we're bringing in technology to empower current staff and to let them do more exciting things, whether that's right. pro problem solving or whether that's spending more time with a resident to actually dig into their issue. Um, one thing in Beaumont and, and from talking to people in our region and, and across Canada, um, even, you know, I, I talked, had a conversation with Stratford, Ontario the other day, and I've never heard anyone in municipal government say, man, we just have too much time on our hands. We don't know how to fill it. Right. right. That's right. never right. we're we're always short staffed. Every municipality is because there's always something to improve. Right. And and that's what makes me so excited about uh, this role in Beaumont is is I look at technology as just an amplifier, right? Instead of going and hiring one person to to plug this hole or fill this gap, let's look at a piece of software that could maybe make thirty people's jobs ten percent better. And then effectively, if you do the math, that's the equivalent of, of three people, and we've used software to kind of make everyone's job more exciting and right. better. Um, yeah. But definitely a sensitive subject when you first uh, broach a, a new software. And right now in, in Beaumont, one that we're kind of at the beginning stages of is, is using Smartsheet. Which oh, yeah? Is, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, and we use that too, yeah. Yeah, so we're, uh, it actually came up uh, in a previous role when I was a project manager in Beaumont. It, one of the vendors, a software vendor uh, that we were implementing, was using it. And that's what got me onto it. And almost instantly when I saw it, I'm like, whoa, yeah, okay, let's look into this more. And I started using it personally and then got my group on it. And now, you think, you know, we're at 10 or 15 licenses and we have a, a bunch of free free viewers. But I like their model because they they appreciate the legacy software that some municipal governments need to have okay. and they they kind of bridge the gap with with what i would call new age cloud tools but they're also have integrations into email that that you know someone like the city of beaumont can't just tomorrow say we're not doing email anymore right where right. whereas like a, a tech startup that started last year could almost yeah. do that like i have yeah. friends i have friends that get two emails a day because everything's through Slack or Teams. And if right. you don't talk to external parties, you don't get email. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, Smartsheet is, is an example of a platform that I'm hoping is going to make almost everyone's job in Beaumont 10% better and right. let them do more empowering things because at, an, at its essence, what it does is, is one of the things it does, of course, there's many, but one of the things it does is prevent double entry. And who, you know, yeah. I've never met anyone that said, I really enjoy entering the same information two to three times in different places. All right. That doesn't get anyone going, right? Does it, Derek? I don't know. I don't think so. 
it's uh, it can be an issue or it could be a pain point for sure has it uh hey speaking of that um with with the pandemic and covid has your team or your colleagues have you worked remotely during the yeah, yeah. yeah I'm, I'm in my basement right now my my innovation right. and te- technology team is a, a team of uh five to six depending on the time of year uh we're we're all at home now uh full time we in the middle in the middle of the two waves of COVID, we did come back to the office. Um, some right. of us part-time, some of us full-time. Um, but um, give or take, um, we've been at, at home for the better part of a year now. And I would say, we don't have, I don't have the hard number in front of me, but I would say about 50% of our administration. So of those 135 or so people, about right. 50% of them are working from home right now. Right, that makes so sense. So it's, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big thing. And I actually just, just the other day, I got a note, uh, Brantford, Ontario just announced that they're going 50% work work remotely full time permanently. That's yeah. what they're they're gearing towards. So um, definitely, definitely interesting times. Yeah. So like a solution such as SmartSheet, that's that's in the cloud. That's that's a SaaS solution of sorts if it's not truly considered SaaS. So there's your team working remotely can log in from home just using a web browser. I, I think right. That's yep. how it works. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. So, so it's in SaaS. We haven't fully integrated the enterprise solution with single sign-on and all that yet. Okay. So we're, we still consider it in, in pilot, but yeah, we, we have our, you know, our Beaumont emails connected to it. And yeah, my team and, and also other teams that we're building technology for are in there. And uh, yeah, like an a easy example of what I use it for my team is my individual service areas, uh, IT being one of them. Um, we use it for work tracking. So we, cool. we have we have an idea or we get asked to do something that doesn't that wouldn't be a help desk right we still want everyone to go to help desk but this is like you know new software mm-hmm. um we got to document this process we got a we got a um, yeah document a security system in a building whatever it might be that that's kind of our brain our second brain so to speak between uh, myself and the it team so at least we at least we get everything on paper right and then it's a matter of prioritizing but but yeah it's uh it's in the cloud it's easy to use i the other great another great little tidbit on on the cloud solution is we had an intern that worked for us worked with us for 10 weeks uh, over the holiday well december january right and so you know the worst time to take on an intern um and what we actually did we just for precautionary reasons with covid i i never met him we didn't give him beaumont hardware we didn't get him on our network we got him an email we got um, Outlook online to, to email, and we got him Zoom. We got him Smartsheet, and he was able to contribute to the team um, in that really light way. Whereas, you know, a year ago, it would have been we got to bring him in, we got to get him a full profile, we got to get him into our environment, all that. And you know, ideally, we would have. It would have been easier if we were able to get him into our full environment. But this was a this was a workaround, right? We had to. It wasn't. You know, we weren't going to bring him into Beaumont. It was not worth it from a public health perspective. So right. um, that's another example of the SaaS solution being very nimble and uh, interns. And in the future, I definitely see like co-op students and summer students leveraging some sort of that as well, where we don't have to do a full commissioning to get someone to contribute uh, to our cause. Yeah, get, yeah that, that, that makes tons of sense. On that, have you found, again, it's kind of like, the, you know, looking at the, change in government if you will or the maybe the approach to change so where i'm going with this is that i remember for it seemed like for several years 
there were a lot of questions, maybe even concerns around cloud applications and would government adopt it? And then when I mean, I mean, from a wider sense, not just like the forward thinking municipalities, I mean, like any, any government, right? Like there seemed to be some concerns around, should we go cloud? Should we not? And then almost pretty, I felt pretty rapidly to me that it was just accepted. And now a lot of governments were already moving, you know, into purchasing cloud applications that, you know, were able to get online faster, were able to just, as you said, solve problems quicker. Really, it was about like the speed of doing business and, you know, buying cloud, buying SaaS allowed that. Um, did you notice that? Like, did you see an evolution? Did you see or feel um, that, okay, government in general was moving in that direction? And then once the pandemic hit, did that speed up that evolution? Like, yeah. I just, yeah. Totally, totally. It's, yeah, I, I think we're still early days um, in right. municipal government. And I, I don't talk to the, the federal or the provincial level too much, but I suspect they're early days as well. Um, it, it's not, and it's not, it's clear cut that it's more efficient to use SaaS services, use cloud-based software. For sure, it's more efficient, but it doesn't, it's not, uh, if you do a pro, pros and cons, it's not all on the pros, right? There are some cons, right? And there are concerns about data security, about protecting your network, about how do you, you know, put up those traditional walls that you would around your IT infrastructure. Um, but of course, as, as with anything in the market, once those problems are established, smart people come in and solve those problems, right? Right. Um, so to answer your last question, COVID definitely sped it up across the board. Every municipality I talked to, you know, it went from, you know, for example, a Zoom license being like a, right. a thing, a thing that you had to go through a, a, a one month process and vetting and right. two levels of to just boom, you know, we created a corporate account immediately and gave out 10 paid licenses immediately because this is how we're going to communicate now. Um, so definitely sped it up. And uh, which which for me was a was a silver lining because I, you know, I could see that the efficiencies that were to be gained. Um, but, but yeah, there's still a question around cloud storage. You know, a lot of it is around education with decision makers within government, right? What, what the hell is cloud storage, <laughs> right? right? Like it, it is, a. you know, once you get into it, you understand why they named it cloud. It make it's, it's a cool, it's actually a pretty cool name that they came up with, but you know, the average layperson isn't going to understand what, what that means. Whereas when you have a server room in your, in a building and they can see it. Okay, that's where the, that's where our data is. That makes sense. Right, right. Um, there is still some some gray areas and things that I want. I'm continuing to try to educate myself on about you know where that where the cloud storage physically is located, right? Where the data center is, right? And there is a lot of concern around hosting in the states, for example, yeah, and in certain yeah. countries across the world. So yeah. that is still um, a pressing issue. And in Beaumont, we unless we have no option, we, we do, we always host in Canada is, yeah. is our premise right now informally. And if we do, if, if an application isn't available in Canada, then we just make sure there's no sensitive information on there. So yeah. that worst case scenario, if, if it was breached, then it's not sensitive. Yeah. Um, it just would affect our oper our um, efficiency, but not breach any sensitive information. Um, but uh, yeah, it's still, still early days, still a big transition. Um, a lot of learning to have, but as I've personally learned more about it, I'm seeing 
the levels of regulations that some of these data centers, like the, the big boys like AWS and Google and Microsoft, yeah. the the level of security that they have to go through is is unbelievable, right? It's no municipality is ever going to be able to commit commit or compete with twenty four seven video surveillance, um, having literally a security guard outside twenty four seven. All all this unbelievable um, structure is is we're never going to compete uh, with that. So that makes me feel good. But then you know, of course, they own they own the the server racks, right? So. Right that makes me a little nervous. Uh, and I'll, I'll just add, we, we do have an increased responsibility over a private company, of course. And in Beaumont, right. you know, we, we pride ourselves being innovative and trying new things and putting an autonomous shuttle down Main Street. And, you know, we're excited about all these things. But at the end of the day, we do have more responsibility to our residents than the average startup that might work within Beaumont. Right. right? So we, we want to be innovative, but, you know, people, we the absolute of utmost importance is maintaining the trust within our residents, right? So, um, yeah, I always look at it as, as, you know, we have a extra level of importance as civil servants with, with their information and our city's information. So that may, I hope not, but it may slow us down slightly and it may fork, force us to use more legacy tools. But but you're you're exactly right. Like, how do we marriage those two? And a good example is, you know, if we're working on a marketing campaign where the information is going to go public in a month anyways, you know, what's the risk of using a SaaS solution that's hosted in the States for something like that? Hmm. If it's going to increase our workflow or efficiency in our workflow. So um, kind of a silly example, but that's something where the the risk is low and it's not any, um, uh, we don't have to worry about the security of the data as much. Um, But yeah, tying the legacy uh, into the new age is, fascinating and only getting more fascinating as we develop right because you know it's hard to believe but we're you know personal computers have not been around that long in the workplace right i always kind of i always kind of uh like that comes to mind uh just because literally you know not necessarily in beaumont but maybe like we can track stuff back to like the 90s uh, right. And some organize I'm sure government, Alberta, government, of Canada tracks stuff back to the eighties, seventies. And that's the beginning. Like there's, so literally they're tracking stuff back to when yeah. this became, became a thing. Um, right. so yeah, the legacy tie-ins are, are critical, uh, for sure. Cool. Cool. The one thing I, I, I do want to pivot if you will, a little bit, because I, I do definitely want to talk about, uh, Beaumont and may, and maybe more so like Beaumont's story, if you will, because I think, uh yeah Beaumont's story I think it can and or could resonate with a lot of other municipalities uh simply in the sense of municipalities that are trying to establish themselves maybe as a as a hub of sorts be it an innovation hub or a technology hub and I remember when you and I first met and we chatted and you kind of told me Beaumont's story around you know trying to really figure out almost like okay what's our niche? What are, what are we going to be all about? Right. What's going to be our focus. And, and when you think of Canada's innovation hubs, right. Some people might think of Vancouver, Toronto, Waterloo, and, and, but, but Beaumont has a very unique story when it comes to, you know, being an innovation, innovation hub. I actually, I came to Beaumont five years ago and my background is actually a civil engineering background, land development background. And I was helping, 
develop subdivisions around the Edmonton area, the greater the capital region, as we call it uh, in this, this area, and came to Beaumont uh, as a project manager of infrastructure. And so I came to Beaumont to build and, and it's kind of fun. I still have my business card. I should have almost grabbed it for this, but just by our logo and just by what our website looked like, like we were very much the, the classic bedroom community of, of a city. So Edmonton, we actually border Edmonton now. Edmonton's about give or take a million people. Okay. Um, at the time, we were give or take 15,000. Now we're 20,000. Um, but a lot of people lived in Beaumont, worked in Edmonton, or in Nisku, which is one of the bigger, bigger industrial centers in, in, um, in, in North America, actually. Um, so Beaumont was this bedroom community. Um, you know, people tended to move uh, here if you, you know, wanted more of the family life, a little slower life in the city. And, and that was, um, that was, and still is great. Um, in the first couple of years I, I was working for Beaumont, I, a lot of the chatter at the elected officials uh, level and within the council chambers was about our tax base was about residential versus non-residential. And so the, it seemed like the gold standard was 80% residential, 20% non-residential. And at okay. that time, at that time we were 95, five. So we we're heavily wow. residential. Yeah, yeah, right. Right, heavily residential. And so as you're trying to build a city and produce amenities for your residents, of course, you, you need money to do that. Uh, and that, uh, when I first started, it was all about, okay, what, you know, let's increase our non-residential side. How can we do that? And at first, it seemed like we were looking around, right? We were looking at Leduc, which is south of Edmonton. We are looking at Spruce, um, Spruce Grove, which is... Uh, west of Edmonton and uh, Sherwood Park, which is east of Edmonton. And when you look around, of course, in northern Alberta, you see a lot of oil and gas support or direct oil and gas business. Right. And for a while there, it seemed like that's that was the direction. Like, how do we get this? You know, you always want um, the commercial level businesses as well, but industrial is is like a nice anchor tenant for for a municipality. So that was the push for the first couple of years, and then. A lot of things happened quickly. We we changed uh, leadership within administration. We got a new uh, ex, a new CAO. We changed elected officials. Uh, our new CAO restructured. We got a, a new economic de- development director. And I still to this day don't know who changed the narrative, but the narrative changed from oil and gas to this technology thing. Let's 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 you know. NISQ has oil and gas, Leduc has oil and gas, Edmonton has oil and gas. Let's not try to, and they're on the main highway that goes to the airport. Like they're even closer to the airport than we are. Let's do something different. And so it, it, came, it ta- started talking about data, started talking about technology. And, and the first one that put us on the map, and at the time I was actually our public works manager, and I even thought it was crazy at the time, even being tech leaning, was this autonomous shuttle that we called ELA affectionately. We call it was uh, E-L-A was the acronym, so we called it, called it ELA. Mm-hmm. And uh, we put an autonomous shell on, on our main street, 50th uh, street, for six months. And you can imagine the opinions that came from that. And the primary purpose of doing that, though, was to get Beaumont's name out there across the world as cool. a place that can be a sandbox. And, and we're open to think differently than, than the typical municipality. And, and frankly, it worked. Um, you know, our deputy CAO went and spoke in China and, you know, delegates from China called. It was all, it was, it was excellent. Um, so uh, even myself took me a second to, to figure out uh, what we were doing. And then once I did, I got very, very excited. 
and then had had an opportunity a year later to um, join uh, the technology group and, and be part of the the movement. Um, so that's that's where we moved from from my my five years um, here is from I think you know for might not be the the greatest way to say it but kind of a copycat or trying to do what's in the region right. to right. being our own municipality and yeah. and and I think we've established that reputation now and uh that's that's been our journey yeah i mean again not trying to put words in your mouth or anything of that nature but you know as, as someone as a layman looking at it it's like you beaumont established their identity you know you've you found an identity and you've you went after it you invested in it and and it also when I, by identity i also mean um a, it with purpose so you know there's when you look at your community you know there's initiatives being done that are related to that identity to that to that mission to that strategy one thing we've done really well in the last 3 years too is is get as much in the public as possible as much okay. like even even last tuesday uh, um our council decided to hold a special council meeting to get information into the public uh, even though it wasn't complete there was some ndas that prevented certain things from being discussed um, but uh, it was around uh, this Beaumont Innovation Park that was just announced that right. is is in negotiations right now um, within our city limits and still under NDA. But our council made the decision to get it out there. And and to your point, I I just appreciate that so much because it it tells the residents what what ultimately the mayor and council are what um, what their what goals they're setting, what where they're trying to go to. And it lets that discussion happen, all right? And I think that's a very effective way to manage change. And, you know, you're never going to get consensus. Even right. if you keep status quo, you're never going to get consensus. So I don't think it's about consensus building, but it's about, like you said, uh, creating a vision and following the vision, following right. through. It's, it's, it seems very simple, but um, it's, it's harder to execute than, uh, than it sounds. Right. On the innovation park, are you, are you able to talk about it? Or shed any more more light, or what's the story there? Yeah, so just announced. Uh, council debated it um, in public um, via live stream on YouTube last last Tuesday. Uh, this Tuesday, yeah, we're right. Friday today. Yeah, I thought it was this yeah. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, this Tuesday, and uh, no, the anchor tenant and the organization is still under an NDA, and and they've asked okay. for that, but but it did go public that a million dollars is in security right now. So. This is not a. This is beyond a pie in the sky idea. This is, you know, a real negotiation that's happening, and there's a couple steps that our mayor and council talked and administration talked about on Tuesday, where there's a land purchase that has to happen and a borrowing that has to be adjusted, and um, so that's all that's went public thus far. I mean, I, okay. of course, I'd love to share more, uh, but uh the name itself is just exciting enough, right? To get a innovation park uh, of any size and this one is not small, of any size uh, into a city like Beaumont uh, with 20,000 residents is going to be a game changer, right? It's going to be a big splash. Um, so, you know, I don't want to jinx it. Uh, knock on wood, do all those things. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's one of one of the links from the, the Ella project and, and showing the world that we, we think differently because um, we've, to get to this point, we've been able to move much quicker than a typical municipality and that was in, right. important to the anchor tenant um so so yeah really cool well uh, we, we could al we could always have you back on when there's more when there's as news comes in um uh, we yes. could always have you back on to, to talk more about it 
you know, being a uh, manager of innovation and technology, is there anything, you know, that keeps you up at night when you think of technology? I know that's a loaded yeah. question. Um, I, most days, nothing keeps me up, to be honest. Most, most days, um, I, I sleep soundly. We, we know we have a great team, uh, both internally uh, within our, our administration, and we have great partners that, that help us with different legs of IT. Um, and our other technologies, of course, as well. Um, so I, I don't, I, I sleep well at night, nothing keeps me up, but I don't want to dodge the question completely. So if if I had to talk about something, we, and we talked about it earlier, it would probably be around the cybersecurity side. Right. And, right. you know, just because that market is evolving so quickly. And yeah. I meant I mentioned that I don't have a formal, I, and I, a formal IT background. And so originally that I felt like that was my weakness, but now I feel like it's more my strength because I'm more think of from the user perspective. And I just need to have great people on our team that understands the, the core IT function. And, and cybersecurity is one where I've had some amazing conversations with vendors, with other municipalities that are at different levels of solving these problems. But it's a, it's a field that literally changes every six months, six to 12 months right now. And it seems to be accelerating. Um, so, you know, that that strikes a little bit of fear, uh, yep. a little bit for sure, and uh, you know, we have plans in place to keep with the times and and keep ahead of the curve, especially as we're positioning ourselves as a as a technology centered city. Um, but yeah, that would be the one that that uh, if I had to pick one, I would would pick that. Switching gears, though, uh, you know, to the optimistic or positive uh, perspective, are there technologies again more related to obviously GovTech, but are there technologies that you're seeing out there uh again it could be types of technology it could be specific solutions but are there are there is there any tech in gov that you know is you're really interested in or that you you, you know grabs your attention yeah lots lots out there i think the the first thing that came to mind when you asked that question though was was more about using technology as a vehicle or a trojan horse to having a conversation about a problem solving mentality and about okay. problem solving mentality, right? So something like video conferencing, where you can pull up an annotation tool and share your screen and, and circle and write on it, text on it. That's something that I'm gonna talk about internally. Actually next Friday, I'm gonna do a couple minutes on that with, with our team. Because I just think, you know, the old cliche, a picture is a thousand words. Why would you ever nowadays have a, have a phone call about something you're looking at on a screen without sharing it? It's just, you know, it just doesn't make sense anymore. So, you know, that's a technology that's been around for a while, but now it's more ubiquitous. And what I am most excited about is increasing that tech literacy with our staff and ultimately our mm -hmm. residents to number one, I, number one, know it's there. And then number two, feel comfortable using it um, to improve efficiency. So I actually think that is a bigger lever and it is going to make more change than, you know, Smartsheet like we talked about earlier. Um, I'm still very excited about Smartsheet, but I'm more, more of my time is trying to figure out how I can effectively communicate and, and help out our staff. Um, but, it, you know, if I had to pick one, we already talked about Smartsheet. Um, I am definitely interested in, in this low, no-code application okay. space, this revolution with, like, QuickBase and Appian is two that I'm aware of. It's very early days. We haven't actually implemented anything on that, so it's more in discovery for me. But, you know, an, um a organization of our size, size, we have no software programmers in-house, right? So anytime we want to build something custom, typically you got to go out. Whereas this no-code, no low-code revolution, 
seems like we can build some stuff in within us, right? Within just uh, with with problem solving, with thinking through and using these blocks of code that have already been created to increase and improve our workflows. Um, for example, like our, our development workflow where a developer submits drawings and we review it and then they resubmit and then they build. That, that seems like something that low code might be able to or no code might be able to take on. So very excited about that. Um, and then, yeah, Smartsheet is, is there as well. And, you know, and frankly, even just video conferencing, whether it be Teams or yeah. Zoom, is just, it's a game changer for me. Uh, personally, yeah. it's, it, it allows me to do more with my time, right? I can, you know, it's, uh, I, I find most people, it takes some time to get to know it because you, you only book five mm -hmm. Zoom meetings back to back to back once, right? Then you're like, right. wait, I'm exhausted. I cannot do that. So you need some <laughs> breaks. But, but at the end of the day, not having to drive to locations to meet with people on certain things obviously is a huge uh, boost. So we're looking at ways, even when we get through this pandemic, to continue to leverage video conferencing and and uh, leverage all its benefits. So, yeah, that makes sense. I mean, that's the that's that's the other thing about I, yeah that I find intriguing about technology or adopting new technology. It's like it's not just about oh wow, it's cool and new. And flashy, it's about, especially probably in government more than anywhere else, it's about, okay, how, how does this technology empower people? Like, how do we get practicality kind of is probably first and foremost. Like, how can we use this technology to solve real problems? And I, the other thing I'll add to that is, is a lot of the good vendors, who I would call the good vendors, are now focusing on government. They're not, you know, like I oh, said gotcha. earlier, we, yeah. we have in my opinion, we have way more responsibility than a private company. So I felt like in the past, the odd time, not always, but the odd time you, you reach out to a vendor. And if we have some restraints like storage in Canada or you know a legacy system that we want to connect to, they almost would, would make us feel like we have to change that in order to use their software or use their product. Whereas now I find a lot of the good vendors are it's more they're discovering our flow and they'll figure out a way to integrate. Um, so that, I think that narrative's changed quite a bit. Um, I, maybe just the percentage of vendors that have, have been asking those questions has changed. Um, but but yeah, that that's always obviously a good, a good place to start for, for me uh, representing a, a municipality is when the vendor's trying to integrate into my current system and it helps yeah. me do more, right? Because, you know, if I have to change three things just to get this solution, is it worth my time to do that rather than just move on with something else? Um, because yeah, there's, there's always things to improve on. So um, that's, that narrative has changed quite a bit. Um, I've noticed from vendors. Cool. Excellent. Excellent. Um, I think that's probably a, a perfect place to stop. Um, and, and I, you know, I really appreciate you jumping on and, I know you're a busy guy and just sharing with me your your experiences, where your municipality is going, and a lot of your forward thinking concepts as a municipality is pretty cool. And, and I, I do want to say one thing I like uh, that I noticed, and you could tell me if I'm off base here, but when we were talking, I get a sense that you or, or your municipality, you do look around, like you do talk to other municipalities to see either what they're doing or how they've been successful or what their initiatives are. 
Um, and that's that's pretty cool to me, obviously, because the whole purpose of this podcast is to share information with, you know, uh, you know, the government uh, industry and people within it. Uh, so I get that sense from you and Beaumont. Is that fair to say? Is that an accurate it's, description it's, of you guys? It, yeah, it's it's accurate. Um, and and not not only you know look around and and not follow, right? We don't want to just right. follow blindly, but we look right. around, assess. And to be honest, we could do it more. I, I, yeah. I have to remind myself actually to reach out to my colleagues in the region right. and have those conversations because the reason I don't think it comes naturally is because it doesn't directly improve something, right? Which is what most of my day is spent on is this project, this initiative is going to improve A, B, and C. And so, but, but it's, we talked about earlier, the lever, right? It is a huge lever. If I can go talk to someone in the city of Edmonton or the city of Leduc and they have an idea that they've already implemented with all their lessons learned and everything, and it's ready to go. Um, of course, that obviously makes the the hour, half an hour chat I had with them way more than worth it. Um, so, yeah, for me personally, it's something that I continue to have to work on, which which is you know continually just to socialize, reach out, have those coffees you know, don't expect anything, expect nothing, but be open to these ideas. And yeah, so I, I would give us like a, I don't know, a C plus, C plus, B minus, or me personally, I don't want to speak for all of Beaumont, but me personally, C plus, B minus, something that we do, but I, I or something that I do, but something I hope to do more in the future. Um, because kind of like you're saying, the point of the podcast is something that I believe in at, at the core, which is sharing information and um, learning lessons from other people and not not having to learn every single lesson yourself uh, by by doing your own errors. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. Uh, well, hey, listen, thanks again uh, for jumping on and and speaking with me. I, I really do appreciate you taking the time. Yeah, Derek, this was a lot of fun, and uh, I would love to do a round two, um, especially yeah, with some of these fun announcements that are coming out uh, in the near future. So, yeah, cool. thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun, and uh, yeah, have a great weekend. All right. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Bye-bye. See ya. See ya. This has been another episode of GovTech Q&A. New episodes are uploaded twice monthly and are available via podcast and YouTube. Thank you and take care.